really, really excited about this. By the way, I'm a little like nervous about the whole thing, but um, but I'm excited. So let's get started. Excited is good. Yeah, yeah. Hi, my name is Limara Colon, and I have the honor of serving as the English Learner Programs and Services Director for Prince William County in Northern Virginia. Uh, I am super passionate and excited about this work as I am an English learner myself, being born and raised in Puerto Rico with all of my schooling uh, there. Uh, every day I wake up just excited to support our students and our families and making sure that they have access to great resources, uh, instruction and opportunities and really working hard uh, to give them that magical experience that I believe every student should have regardless of what language they speak. All right, well, uh, Lynn Mara Colon, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, first episode of our In This Together docu-series. Um, it is August 1st, a really important day because when the calendar turns to August, folks start to think about school and going back to school. And this is obviously a very unique year. Um, do you all at Prince William have a plan for back to school at this point? We do. We do. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And you said August uh, and I was thinking, yes, and it is uh, really hot here in, in Virginia and uh you know, it's kind of bittersweet because you say August and you start thinking the buses are coming and this year is going to be a little bit different. Uh, so we do have a plan and the plan is to um, just serve students in a hundred percent virtual environment. However, we have uh, had conversations about vulnerable learners, which include uh, L's and students who receive special education services and we are working around uh, bringing them physically into the school if their families choose to and how we're going to to service them. So we we have the plan that the school board adopted and now we are dressing the tree. We're putting the ornaments uh, to see how all of this is going to work. I love that. Putting the ornaments, dressing the tree. Um so it sounds like you have a plan that is already sort of trying to address the issue that we're tackling, which is equity by bringing those vulnerable students in. Do you, how do you anticipate the plan that you have bringing them in early, kind of really addressing that? Do you anticipate any challenges there? Um, do you think, and obviously we don't know until we actually get there, but what are you kind of thinking about and anticipating as you move forward? You know, so, um, and I'll be very vulnerable with you because uh, this is this is so different for all of us. Uh, but I think the, the challenge is going to be that there's no manual from last year to pull. So everything that we are creating is new. The professional learning that we're developing is, is new. So um, I often joke because I save my paper agenda. So I use both digital and paper. And if I pull the calendar from last year, it will no longer work because the tickler uh, list of items uh, was in person. So now we're doing a lot with digital professional learning and uh, whether in years past we would be talking about we have to do uh, co-teaching training with new peers or just letting new people know what we stand for and how to serve our L's. Now we're serving everyone. Because, um, yes, people have different unique needs because they're in different stages on how to service students in a virtual environment. But we all need 
to talk about engaging else um, and how can we do this in an effective manner where when we look at data and growth of students, we're not creating more of a gap uh, because of the lack of our skills. So even for me as a leader, um, I have been reading a lot. I have been watching a lot of webinars because I don't want to be the roadblock. I don't want right. my lack of knowledge to be the roadblock in leading my team uh, because I know that they, they have questions and I have to come up with answers and the same for, for teachers and parents. Yeah, first I want to call it, I appreciate you you saying that you don't mind being vulnerable here. I think that's a main piece of what we're trying to do because we all have to be that way at this point in order to learn and be humble and how we're trying to approach this this whole series. Uh, the other piece that you said at the beginning there was, you know, looking back at what you did last year and realizing that this just, it's kind of not going to work. And that's a practice that a lot of teachers do uh, and, and educators and administrators. Is it is it fair to say that I mean, I think the prevailing thinking is that there's just the best practices are completely, they don't exist anymore. Is that fair to say, or would you challenge that notion at this point? You know, I, I will say that at the end of the day, good teaching is good teaching. Um, I'll share with you, I saw a, a class today of newcomers and I sat there thinking, you know what, this teacher is doing an amazing job. And I would have not thought of the strategies and the things that she was doing. And so, that was virtual, just to clarify. It was, clarify. Virtual. Yeah. It was all virtual. And uh, I had to turn off my camera because I got emotional. And, and I say before, I don't want to be the roadblock because, again, I think that a lot of people are looking up to us as leaders to have answers. And I'm, I'm sitting in my desk watching this class and I'm thinking, this teacher has the answer. And I need her. I texted uh, Christina Lowe, our supervisor, and I said, I need her in my life uh, <laughs> because I know that this teacher is going to make me better. She is there. She is interacting with kids. She can give me as a leader feedback about the things that she thinks have worked and what are some of the things that we could do better. And she can become the voice of the field for those that are afraid of of doing this. And, and I know there's a lot of that there. I, I've had my moments where I, I have fear about making decisions about, you know, students and, and what is it that people uh, need. But then again, to go back to your question, I think that knowing our else is not going to change and that's always best practice. So if you understand the importance of relationships, of knowing your students' trends, uh, weaknesses and how to tap into those, then we can work with the the digital piece. I can help you to be innovative and I can remove roadblocks for you to do what you know how to do best, which is service students. Um, it's just that it's going to have to be in this virtual uh, environment and it's going to require collaboration. Yeah, the, the last word that you said, collaboration, is what I was going to bring up along with relationship building. I mean, is it fair to say that those two things, collaboration and relationship building, are the best practices that we need to kind of really, really rely on at this point as we go into this uncertain year? You know, Steve, I would agree. And, and it's so interesting because those two sound so simple. Yeah. And yet what I find is that a lot of people are so worried about uh, the rest of the plan and 
that is the basis. So we're trying to help uh, folks understand if we get these two rights, how to build relationships, not only with students, but with one another, because you're going to have new colleagues coming. Uh, You're going to have to build relationships with, with parents and how to effectively collaborate. Then we can go ahead and go through the rest of the roadmap. The reality is, and and again, I I want to be very vulnerable. We cannot uh, expect anyone to have the complete plan. That's just not going to happen. But what we can expect is that we will be intentional about making sure that the relationship building and the collaboration is there because this is not something that uh, an office alone or a group of stakeholders alone can do by themselves. It's going to require all of us uh, and a little bit of understanding, you know what, I don't know it all. And I'm going to allow you to challenge my thinking and make me better. And then being open to have uh, other people influence uh, us because the answer can be in the room. Uh, it's just that it's going to take us to, to come together. And I will say that uh, collaboration, it, it might not happen naturally, but I would challenge people to seek a seat at that table to find out when the Zoom meeting is happening and who are the stakeholders that are at, at that meeting. That, that's just the only way that we're going to be able to do this successfully. Right. Yeah, and you mentioned that no one really, we have to be comfortable with the fact that nobody has the full plan right now. Um, so that, that, to me, begs the question of, um, you know, from your perspective, how ready and willing and prepared do you think you are as a district to pivot? if you need to, or when you need to? So here's, here's what I'm ready to do. Um, I am ready to go through a brick wall for our people. Uh, I am ready to listen. I am ready to do whatever they need me to do uh, for them to be successful. And yesterday was an example. We had a, a town hall with our ESOL teachers and uh, close to 200 of them showed up. That is important for me because I need to measure the temperature of our people. I need to see where they are so that I can plan accordingly. And surprisingly, it's not about where's the curriculum. Is They just need to know, okay, I, I have a leader that's going to advocate for me. I have a leader that's willing to uh, allow me to bring ideas. I have teachers sending me emails with webinars with uh, how to do things. I've even had teachers sending me uh, pictures of masks with a clear, you know, something clear in the middle to teach language. So they're thinking about this. So while I'm taking care of, um, I guess, the daily tasks of this big job that I have, they're thinking, how can they contribute? And, and I, I stand ready to let them be at the table and be part of this process. Because I, I recognize I can't do it alone. They're the ones that are going to be servicing the kids. So I want to make sure that I'm very intentional with our funds. I'm very intentional and respectful of their time. Uh, and also uh, give them little by little what they need. And not trying to do the same thing that we did last year. Well, on this week, we had this. People are going to need time to process this new reality. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being flexible because I also want to retain our people and making sure that they feel 
comfortable and prepared uh, to do this to do this well. Yeah, so a lot of what you're saying, I think, are characteristics um, of, of what a good leader does in any in any role, um, and that's listen to your people, provide what they need, maybe jump through a brick wall if you need to. <laughs> your words, not mine. Um, I, I'm interested to know, take us like behind the scenes. Like you're making decisions sometimes behind closed doors, not, not because you want to be, but that's the nature of an administrator's job. Sometimes it can be a little lonely and I'm sure agonizing at times. What 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 are you worried about right now? What what's what what are you concerned about? You clearly have a great team. You have a great plan. Um, I don't want to bring up sort of a lot of negative, but there's a lot to think about, and I'd love to be able to get people who are watching and listening to understand, you know, what what the plight of someone in your position is, and what what's keeping you. Hopefully, nothing's keeping you up at night. But what has you concerned right now? You know, um, the the piece that worries me the most is that. In, in, just to give you context, my days are between 14 to 16 hour days. Um, very, very long days uh, between meetings, just um, auditing documents. Things are moving very fast for us because not only uh, are, I facilitate the task force for the return to new learning and I, I work with amazing directors and I am I'm blessed. I have an amazing uh, associate superintendent who uh, will go through a brick wall for me. I, I know that for sure. It's communicating because you think that just because you're immersed in the work, everyone has the same context and understands where you're coming from. So uh, that's one of my biggest concerns that I have missed an opportunity to communicate effectively or that I am over communicating to the point where um, our people are not reading emails thoroughly or that I'm missing a channel of communication uh, for those that communicate in, in different ways. And because things move really fast, that is something that I'm becoming more and more aware as I talk to other people around what's really getting in the way. And for many districts is, is communication. I sat in a meeting the other day and, and they said, yes, communication with parents, communication with teachers, uh, communication with school leaders. So that is that is my biggest concern because we have to share a lot of information, but also uh, really analyzing who's my audience and who needs to know what and when and what is the impact. Uh, I have this information. Is it going to change tomorrow or next week? Is it appropriate to share it now? Uh, so all those things are going uh, through my head. And, and of course, as a leader, you, you try to see the trends. And, and here in Virginia, we've had a lot of cases uh, of COVID, especially in Northern Virginia. So I'll give you an example. Uh, the governor had tweeted this weekend, if things don't change, I'm gonna take drastic measures. Well, we are on phase three. So immediately, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm thinking, well, if the numbers go up, does that mean that he's going to move us to phase two, which means that there will be an impact for those vulnerable learners mm -hmm. because they can no longer uh, come? Uh, how is that going to impact my plan? Because I already have something to push under phase three and my teachers are already thinking under phase three, uh, is that going to be 
an issue of how fast am I going to have to move because school's starting in a couple of weeks. So uh, also being very flexible and, and, you know, going back to the question, my main concern is that I allow the external factors to cloud my thinking when it comes to leadership. Uh, I want to be able to reassure people that I have their health and safety uh, in mind but also uh, be able to implement something effectively. Uh, and I'm co-signing all of this. Sure. So it's a, it's a huge responsibility and getting feedback takes a long time. And sometimes in the process of doing that, people might think that you're silent. So helping them understand that silence is not necessarily a delay or that there's absence of work being done. It's just that you want to make sure that you're making the best decision for teachers and kids. Right. Stakes are high. And I wonder how much that communication piece, you know, sort of filters down to when we talk about communication with, with parents and students, particularly for parents of English learners, families of English learners, um, who are also really worried about what's going to happen. Um, and now you're talking about communicating, you talk about different forms, over-communicating, under-communicating, now you have language uh, barriers. And that really gets into the, the equity piece. Um, is there, are you, I'm sure you are, but I'm curious about how you're sort of working on that piece, the communication in that way, as you, you know, you, you talked about it with your teachers. What about with, with families at this point? It's a bit of a curveball question, um, but uh, you, you talked about communication. I, I wanted to bring that up. So we are translating everything, everything, surveys, communication, website, calls that they receive from the school division. We are translating um, everything, the events that we, we have. Um, some are formal, some are a little bit more informal to help them understand some of the digital tools in Office 365. We have interpreters also. Uh, there and I will say that our relationship with the communications uh, department and IT is it's very strong, but I, I want have to go back to to the collaboration. Um, we can't really assume that people know what we know. So in that sense, I have been very fortunate because when I knock at my at my colleagues' virtual door. They said, yeah, of course. Um, so, so I would challenge those that are listening um, or watching. You Don't wait. Don't wait, right? Tap into those relationships because this is where they are important. Where you say, um, hey, I noticed that you're doing this. Can we just interpret it? Can you, you know, translate that? We, we've even helped the state. The state is putting something together and they reached out because they didn't have an Urdu uh, interpreter, and why not? This is a time where we are all in for kids and collaboration at different levels, not only at uh, specific school divisions. It's really, really important because kids can miss out because people don't have some resources um, or the funding. So, really, what are we doing um, as a whole to help each other so that kids? in the country can win as a result of our relationships. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. So I, shifting gears a little bit, one thing that I would like to do 
um, ask you, and I want to ask everybody who's involved in this because of the unique sort of position that you find yourself in, everybody's reading about this. I mean, you know, this is all over the news. How are schools going to reopen? And the average person's, you know, reading articles and they're listening to news stories. And probably a lot of what they hear is true. Um, but I'm wondering if, if like, there's, there's some sort of myths out there. And I, I want to try to separate the myths from the reality of what's happening, particularly as it pertains to English learners and providing them with equitable um, access to instruction and services. Is there something that you see sort of in the media or in other places that you would call a myth that's not really reality? And what really is the reality that you're facing when compared to that thing that people are perceiving as real? So, you know, that... There's a couple of things, and I, I've had this conversation with a, with a colleague who, who is a principal around the access. Um, and, and of course, you know, we talk a lot about technology access, and uh, that's one thing, and the digital literacy is another thing. But for some reason, when, when we're talking about how we're going to do this effectively for else, they're all lumped in one bucket. And um, not all L's are uh, coming from a low socioeconomic background. Uh, not all L's have the same needs. So I, I find it very interesting that we are grouping them as a whole. Uh, so one of the things that I have been very intentional about is just helping people understand uh, the different student groups and what, what does that mean? Um, for example, newcomers, we had a really interesting conversation when we were trying to uh, really identify those vulnerable groups. And so for, for some people, all newcomers, uh, they didn't have the digital literacy. Um, so instead of me being in shock, uh, really asking questions, hmm, help me understand. Um, and where did you read that? Or what makes you think that that's really helping us identify the unique needs of every student. Uh, and even yesterday we talked about, okay, let's focus on the service delivery plans. Let's focus on language. Let's talk about what we know about the families, what they have, what they don't have. Because I'm afraid, Steve, that we're gonna, I mean, and I'm confident in, in our district, we have um, people that, uh, you know, they, they come to the meetings and they listen. Uh, but then if we all, all think that they can't or that we have to create a plan to save them, then uh, I really would have a problem with that because the plan should not be to, to save kids. It should be to, you know, help kids. And, and to be quite honest, that would be for all kids because right. they, you know, all students went through the same uh, thing. So, Yes, it, that has been very interesting. It's been a lot of a deficit for our yeah. else. Yeah, I, I can see that. And I can see some of our sort of people who are listening who are involved in doing the work that you're doing are probably nodding their heads. They're, you know, the, looking at these students um, as assets and looking at them as individuals instead of grouping them all together is something that we know well. But I, I could see that that being you know, you just see the word English learners, and it's 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 one category. But um, as you just laid out very succinctly, that is a, a lot of individual students with a lot of individual needs, just like any other student um, in in education. 
Um, two more, two more questions. And I, these ones I want to, I want to try to get a little bit more positive, um, or at least provide some inspiration for folks. Um, you, you gave us a little sort of anecdote earlier about, um, about the newcomers, um, class that you were involved in or that virtual meeting. Um, is, is there, is there any other sort of anecdote or story that you could share, um, over the last couple of weeks that, that kind of illustrates the challenges or the solutions that you're, that you're dealing with and confronting right now? Yes. I mean, I, again, um, I, I have, I'm very blessed. I, I work with amazing people. Uh, and one of the things that I learned and that our team will probably said, yes, she's totally going to go for that is we, we historically planned for these big meetings. And, and we sat at the, I call it the dinner table to plan a full day of things that we were going to do uh, with our teachers. And now during these times, we learn that that's not really the need um, and that people are not excited to come and uh, receive information, but really engage in conversations about what each other is, is doing. And it's very interesting because it took COVID for us to have those Zoom sessions where teachers would pop in and out, not only um, ESOL teachers, but teachers who support ELS, right? And we had never had gen ed teachers at the table. Mm -hmm. And now they're coming and they're engaged and it's making me think, huh, what, what were we doing? Uh, so that's, that's really a positive and and also really those voices from the field uh usually we were trying to see okay who who's doing things and even with, between districts we ask uh who has this who has that we have people in our school division who are doing amazing things so just highlighting them and and validating their their work for me is really spending time uh with people just asking questions. And I, yesterday I, I told them, don't let the title get in the way. And, and I realized that at times people think, well, I'm not going to email the director or I'm not going to connect with the director because I have to go through my principal first and just getting rid of that barrier. Because in the end, we're people. We're people trying to come together for kids. And really that's the world. The, you know, the goal. We're trying to change the world together. Right. Um, so I'm excited about that and, and just continue to listen and go in, in virtual listening tours. Uh, it has afforded me the opportunity to be in more places than I could have when I was in person and also to stop in, listen, uh, and, and get to know the people are in the field that are doing great things. I, I say, and I told this uh, to you before, I'm trying to change the game of central office. And um, I remember when I took this job, people said, you're moving to the dark side. <laughs> no, I'm trying to make it the bright side. Yeah. Uh, because we, we have to help people in schools. And I think that people in schools can make us better. And, and really give us the information we need so, so that we can put systems in place that they really need. Right. Yeah, breaking down barriers. And I hear you as a new teacher and even somebody who is an experienced teacher, 17 years in, it was always 
a little tricky to email somebody who is rungs above, you know, and, uh, and that was, that was a mindset that was just out there. And I think breaking that mindset, um, is important. So, uh, last question, you, you've, you, you've, you've shared a lot and you've been very, I think, open and vulnerable with us, which, which we certainly appreciate. I'd love to know where, where are you getting your inspiration from? I mean, you're, you're a positive person, your motto. I know we did a podcast before was lead with magic. You're, you know, I, I think I find you very inspiring and very open. So I think it'd be helpful for folks, you know, what, what inspires you? Like what, what keeps you going? You're working these long days. You're finding time to do this, which you don't have to do at all. Um, and I certainly appreciate it. How, how do you, how do you do it? So I'm glad you asked that question. Um, and I'll be very honest with you when, um, when COVID happened and we closed, it was, um, it was just crazy. I mean, we were working, not that we're not right now, but we were literally working around the clock. I mean, we would um, start at 6.30 in the morning and heavy information. We had all this information and we're trying to, how are we going to communicate to teachers? How are we going to, how we're going to do this, right? Because we we didn't have any warning. And uh, I think it was close to a week and my body was just... I felt, okay, this, I'm shutting down. I mean, this is just not healthy because I was at home and my eating routine had changed. Um, I used to, to walk uh, through my normal day in the mornings and I quickly realized that I needed to have my normal routine for my new at work uh, routine. And the days didn't change, Steve. And so I started reading a lot about uh, renewal and restoration and how these two are connected and you need them in order to get to creativity, which is required to do this work because there's nothing published. Nobody has done it before. And we're trying to be innovative and creative, but if you're not eating well and you're not sleeping and you don't take time to really process things, you can't reach that state. Uh, so that is something that I that I am doing. I'm okay with packing the days, Monday through Friday, but I'm also during the weekends being very intentional about reading something outside of education or going out for a walk, uh, connecting with uh, I call it my tribe of people that know me and can hold me accountable for not making this a seven days a week, 24 seven uh, thing and not being too hard on myself when I don't have the answer because this is just starting. The kids have not arrived. And um, I I would be very concerned um, where people are right now because we're really going to need to be on top of our game when kids come back. Uh, They're really going to let us know if the plan worked or not. That's right. Yeah. And the, and, I'm, I'm cognizant we might have to make some changes and that again is going to require us to be creative and be innovative. And if, if we are not um, healthy and rested, uh, I don't see how that uh, could happen. I am so glad you mentioned that self-care. Uh, we talk about social emotional, you know, learning and that's a part of the self-assessment that we're putting out for folks. And it's a part of hopefully a lot of people in plans when they think about equity for English learners, making sure that their social and emotional needs are taken care of. 
And we saw a lot of that when this first happened in terms of just making sure that they had adequate food and safe places to be before we even talked about education. And the same has to go for you and your colleagues um, and everybody, because like you said, I mean, it's, you can burn yourself out very quickly. So recognizing that and showing that as a leader, I think is, um, is really important. So, uh, Lynn, this has been great. Thank you for being the first person to, to come on and to do this first installment of, uh, of our In This Together docuseries. And we are going to chat a few weeks, yeah. see where you are then, different set of questions, and we're going to follow you through this, this entire thing. So, so stay tuned, everybody, and we'll see um, where you are in, in a couple weeks. Who knows what, uh, what will have changed by then. But uh, really appreciate your candor, your, your vulnerability, and your willingness to spend some time with us. Oh, no problem. Excited to be here.